Hey, we're back. We're back. We're back. Um, boy, um, you know, you know, not a whole lot happened in the two weeks that you know we generally don't record, and then we and then we decided not to do an episode, and then and then literally the next day shit started happening. So, so I guess, I guess a prudent choice. We are very smart about when we decide that we're just not feeling it and to push recording back a week. Yeah, we're we're a dowsing rod for the industry. I just don't know why we don't have more listeners <laughs> at this because point. Because we don't is, we don't advertise and we, and nobody nobody takes my advice and tells their friends. It's all your fault, people who actually <laughs> do listen. <laughs> you listener, it's your fault we don't have more listeners. <laughs> but like but the so Queen's the next, dead. Uh, yeah, the Queen died. Which rest in piss? Question mark. <laughs> It's just been a nightmare at work, by the way. Yeah, I remember you sending us all a message going like, it's going to happen. We're getting the heads up from the network. She's dead. We're yeah. going to die. And it was just like, well, yeah, I mean, she's like 90-something. Yeah, but, you know, we're we're rough and rowdy Americans, so we don't we don't really give a shit. I do. I But did you see all the Americans that, like, tried to give a shit? And I'm like, oh, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? Why, you who cares? Yeah, no, that's that's like it's been all over, and I mean, I mean, this makes sense. It's been all over the network morning news shows, um, and like yeah. ABC, which for those that don't know is owned by Disney. That's Disney's network. Um, they have the worst fucking morning show I've ever seen. Good Morning America. It's fucking terrible. It's <laughs> it is the tabloid equivalent of a network morning show. Like, like a fourth of the show is advertising. They have a whole section of the show where they're like, look at these deals on these things that you can buy. And, and they've been all over the queen stuff. Like, like they took the most coverage. They were immediately like, yes, yes. Take us to it. Show it. Show the dead body. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a fucking nightmare. I hate them so much. I mean, I can kind of get the the only, the only argument I'll really understand I don't agree with it but understand is people who are maybe I don't know I mean shit like our parents age who like their entire lives she's been there she's been a staple consistent figure in their lives and to see someone like that finally pass and no longer be there it can be a moment of self-reflection to go wow life's short and then we all die that's depressing but anything outside of that like oh my god she was just so great i'm like she was probably pretty racist and she married her cousin like (laughs) she's not an idol yeah if anything it's it's been i it didn't really register until the week of mourning and and today the burial that like it it really starts to set in how fucking archaic and weird it is that the monarchy is even still a thing. Well, they're the only, and they're the, like the only country where the monarchy has any sense of power left. Yeah. Also, because like they still they have a kingdom that covers Canada and Australia and New Zealand and of course the United Kingdom, and it's just, it's just weird to think about now. Well, I mean. It's pretty obvious that they're going to go away into obscurity pretty damn fast. No one's going to give a flying... No one gives a flying fuck about them now that the Queen's dead. Yeah. So that'll be a fun thing to watch. Even though I think the monarchy is written into 
Great Britain's like constitution in a way, which I'm like, well, that's weird. <laughs> have, have fun dealing with that. Yeah, like, I don't know how you start to dismantle something like that in the modern era. Like, 300 years ago, get the guillotines. I mean, two, like, 150 <laughs> years ago, get the guillotines. But now it's like, they are just part of the system. They don't really do anything. They're just another part of the billionaire elite class. Well, some might say they aren't billionaires, because I don't think the estate's uh, doing too well these days. Okay, but, sure, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but I, I think it's I think it's more you just write them out of political positions. Like, that's all you do. You just pass laws that are like, yeah, no, you no longer hold any position of power anymore, which I don't think is that hard. But Yeah, I suppose it, so. It's just, like, not as extravagant as when the French are just like, give me the heads. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking, like, they, they have a fortune that's, like, a, a public trust thing. They don't oh, work. Yeah. They live in the palace. Yeah, it's going to be like, hey, you got to get a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, I'm glad that this I, – I, I guess with today, for the most part, it's all the all the bullshit is going to end, right? It, once they put her in the ground? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Did do you hear this shit about her dogs? No. Someone was trying to tell me that, like, the, the <laughs> there were, like – Things thrown around about them, like, putting the dogs down because she didn't want the dogs to outlive her. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know how accurate that is. I hope that's is, just a meme. But the idea of that being real makes me laugh and also backs up the point of she probably wasn't as cool or nice as Americans might think she was. Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I saw a couple memes that was like, uh, the the dogs are to be buried alive with her. Oh. <laughs> oh, monarchies, man. I'm glad we never had one. Oh, man. He says, hoping we don't have one soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see the, the Nintendo Direct that happened last week? Um, it did not air live in the UK because of the national mourning. Um, Is but that they, real? Yeah, no, yeah, for real. It they they did not show it live, but they uploaded the VOD immediately after. That makes no sense. Yeah. Now, now it might have something to do with and and this doesn't this doesn't make the decision like make any better sense cuz like I said they still threw it up. They just didn't do it live. It might have something to do with the fact that during that direct we got a title reveal for the Breath of the Wild sequel and that title is Tears of the Kingdom. That's sad. Because <laughs> all of Great Britain is crying except for Scotland, who's like, independence. Yeah. Okay, we gotta stop talking about the monarchy. I really don't, I really don't give a shit anymore. So, speaking about that Nintendo Direct, um, you, you played Breath of the Wild, right? No. What? <laughs> Still? It's got it downloaded on my Switch. <laughs> I'm gonna beat your ass. You ask me this like every like month or so, and I, I'm always saying, "Nope, haven't done it yet." You gotta, you gotta, bro. But Chris, as as we've discussed in real life, I have a hot short list of games I'm about to start. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's okay. You have time, even though Breath of the Wild will probably take you a bit. I hope it takes you a bit whenever you do play it. But the sequel looks fantastic we got an actual trailer that showed a little bit of gameplay gave us some hints as to what's going on in the game 
and we got a release date. I think it comes out in May. I think May of next year is the release. Okay, but question. Was the gameplay you hitting shit with a sword? Um, there was falling. Fucking knew it. <laughs> okay, is that supposed to be a bad thing? No, I just, like... Zelda's the one type of game where if someone was go, oh my god, we got gameplay of it. I'm like, what the fuck do you think it's gonna be? It's literally, I mean, I know it's not the same, but it's essentially the same like type of gameplay in a different world and that tells an amazing story. But I mean, other than them adding shit like in what the uh, what was the Skyward Sword, that was one of the few ones that actually like tried something new with mechanics, isn't it? Well, I mean, Breath of the Wild also did do a lot new, but. I, I don't know if you're counting that in this discussion. I'm not trying to downplay it. I, I feel like I'm coming off as an asshole. I'm just <laughs> like, I feel like there's some people who go, oh my god, we gotta see gameplay of the I new Zelda game. Saying. And I, I'm like, I think, I think there is merit to seeing gameplay outside of what the gameplay offers, though. That's fair. Yeah. Like, so, see some of the new stuff that they're gonna try. Because I, I, I mean, do like for, when they do new things. For one thing, you can confirm that it's in-engine, and you can see that engine in action. And in yeah. this one in particular, since the uh, what I assume is going to be the same map from Breath of the Wild has been destroyed, and Ooh. a lot of the land is now floating in the sky, the falling and assumedly flying is also going to be a very important part of the game. Interesting. Um, Breath of the Wild seemed to take a lot of cues stylistically, and storytelling-wise from Ocarina of Time. There there was a lot of direct links to Ocarina of Time in the way that story played out. So now, Tears of the Kingdom seems to be taking inspiration. Story-wise, to me, feels like Twilight Princess. But then presentation-wise, feels very Skyward Sword. Interesting. Two not super well-liked games amongst the Zelda faithful. Yeah, very, very split opinions on those. I mean, I think uh, I think Twilight Princess is generally like, but yeah, Skyward Sword is, is very, very polarizing. Is that mostly just because of the Wii mechanics that used? Probably. Or other reasons? I didn't play Skyward Sword. I know a lot of people really didn't like that game's companion because they talked a lot. <laughs> oh, so the incels just don't like it when someone tries to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking like 80 hours into the game, that spirit is still pausing gameplay to give you a tool tip. Well, I mean, it's a Japanese game. What the hell do they expect? Yeah. <laughs> Play Persona game. Oh, God. Jesus, you okay? You I'm died? sucking down air. Oh, damn. <sighs> uh, See, we, another... we don't, we, we don't stop and cut this out we no. just keep it rolling that would be work <laughs> uh other stuff that happened during the direct um i'm i'm unreasonably excited that they're still doing pikmin considering i've only played pikmin one and not two or three but they announced pikmin four which was kind of surprising and i'm, and I'm kind of here for it see i I, I mentioned this to you before, and I don't know why I thought this. I thought they'd already announced Pikmin 4. I don't think so. Or, well, may, maybe it was announced that they were doing it, and, yeah. and now, like, we, we did see 
some gameplay. There was a trailer for it this time. So it, it might have been previously announced and I forgot I, about it. I could have sworn they were like Pikmin 4 and it was literally just like the logo. Oh, and that was yeah. It. Yeah, and it so could have like, been that. Because I thought you your reaction was like, oh, they announced that it's happening. I was like, I could have sworn we <laughs> knew they were making this game. But seeing it, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Especially, it's been a minute since we've had a Pikmin game. Yeah, I think 3 came out on the like early Wii U. Man, maybe they'll make another Metroid Prime game. Um, <laughs> They are. I know, I know. <laughs> I, that's more of a meme, because haven't they been making it forever yeah, in fact, it uh, <laughs> there there was a section. I I think it might have been when they were showing off the new games they're adding to the uh, the virtual console with uh Nintendo Plus, whatever they call it. Um, but the uh when they were firing up one of the games, the profile picture up in the top left corner on the screen was a Samus like a Metroid logo, oh, and so people yeah. thought when that was up there like, oh, it's Metroid. They're finally they're finally fucking showing Metroid, but but no, they didn't talk about it at all. Yeah, I remember seeing that. That's like the last bit I saw. I was like, <gasps> but the the game's coming to the like if you pay for the extra service, I think it's what an extra twenty five bucks a quarter. Yeah, that Question sounds mark? right. Uh, you get access to uh the both the first two Pokemon stadiums and Mario Party one through three, which I'm like, bro, uh. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also GoldenEye, if you're still a boomer holding on to the fact that that game is good. Yeah, I tried to play it once, and it was booty cheeks. Definitely definitely one of those good-for-its-time, take-off-the-rose-tinted-glasses. It's fucking awful. I'd rather, play, I'd rather get a remake of James Bond Nightfire than GoldenEye. Sure. I, I don't... That was a good little arena shooter on the GameCube and Xbox. That was, on my, uh, in my opinion, it was just like Goldeneye but better because it was, you know, newer. Um, but that was some good shit. Hell nobody yeah. played it. Well, I don't know if nobody. But I don't think a lot of people <laughs> ever played that game. Yeah, I don't know. I never really felt like James Bond games were, like, any popular outside of Goldeneye. I think they were there during the, like, GameCube Xbox era because... They're like, oh, maybe this game will be like the next Gold Knight, and most of them never were. <laughs> uh, what else happened? There was, you know, you know what, you know what caught me by surprise near the end of the direct, and mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't, I don't know if this is like a thing that you are even cognizant of, but they're porting Ib to the Switch. I don't do you even... know? Do you know Ib? Are you familiar? I... I feel like I do. Uh, is it like a blob monster? No. And at I least I I think it's pronounced oh. Ib. The, oh. the title is the letter I and the letter B. I know nothing about this. It is an old as dirt, like RPG maker horror anime game. It's got a 10 out of 10 on Steam. Yeah, it's it's apparently fucking fire. I haven't played it, but I know like in the early days of YouTube Let's Plays, it was very popular for people to play. It it kind of pioneered the genre of like sprite based. Like I like it, it was made in RPG Maker, which I I believe is also the thing that Undertale was made in. So it it kind of pioneered the idea of like independent 
one one guy or a very small team building a game and that like actually got decent critical acclaim but it, it was made in 2012 it's been over a decade since that game came out and and they're putting it on the switch that's it's fucking it blows my mind that's pretty wild yeah and it, just, it came out of, it came out of nowhere just like near the end uh, but yeah, I mean, the big thing was Zelda. I don't think they, there wasn't really much else in the direct that caught my eye aside from the like five different farm games they had to show off. <laughs> there were a bunch of those. <laughs> Did they? I don't think they showed anything new from Pokemon. Nah, I don't think so either. They usually don't release any Pokemon news during the just generic directs. They'll be like, here's a Pokemon one that'll last five minutes and you'll get to see two new Pokemon. Get ready. (laughs) And then I like get excited like a little schoolgirl, see it and go, I like that one. That one looks gross. And then we move on. (laughs) Yeah, Pokemon always gets their own. It's too big to be contained. I need to see what Smallove evolves into because that thing's too cute to evolve into a monstrosity. (laughs) <laughs> you say that but it'll it'll happen yeah I'm, I'm trying to even think like what do you evolve an olive into an olive tree <laughs> Ugh, i'm kind of concerned now now what also happened to uh occur on that same day like uh like eight hours later from the nintendo direct was uh playstation did a state of play which was announced after the Nintendo Direct was and felt like a targeted move. Yeah, but I didn't even know it happened. <laughs> yeah, you were you're you're fucking lost. Yeah, you're like, oh, there was a state of play. I was like, they're okay. Yes, <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Um, there was some kind of cool news that came out of it though. Um, first and foremost being we got a story trailer for god of war which is coming it's coming up it's two months away and it it looks honestly fucking like look in the year 2022 in the year of our lord 2022 in a post middle school world for me there's a word i try not to use that often so take it with the weight that it's owed when i say the god of war ragnarok looks fucking epic oh i thought you were gonna say lit And lit wasn't slang until I graduated from college. I don't know why you're derogatorying epic. Well, because epic is like in that pantheon of shit that like, like no one refers to themselves as a gamer anymore. If you went out in public and you said, yeah, I'm a gamer. That has the exact same kind of like. Yeah, they just say incel. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about using the word epic anymore. Well, we're getting a lot of incel content this week. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it looked it looked great. It looked incredible. I'm I'm so stoked. I can't wait to play it on my PS4. No, we need <laughs> we need to get the PS5. <laughs> we got to start. Oh god, it's coming for me now. We got to start stalking the Twitters. We got to get a PS5. We got to get a bot. Yeah, we have gonna write us buy a, a bot. bot. We'll get one easy peasy. It looks like it's it's explored some interesting stuff about Kratos, which might go over my head because I haven't played any other God of War besides the last one. Story looks cool. Scale looks awesome. Do you have, do you have anything to add? 
Fat Thor. Fat Thor. Although I think we already saw Fat Thor in something previously, but seeing him again, I was just like, yes, I'm here for Fat Thor. Yeah, I think a few months ago they released concept art of all the characters, and I think that's when when Fat Thor was revealed. Something that I completely forgot, because you know how I've been like, oh my god, I hope Ratatasker's in the game. Ah! Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I forgot that I already knew that Pro ZD is the one voicing Bratatasker in Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said that in, I think, a Trash Taste podcast. And I was like, oh, fuck. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, so very excited about that. Um, the other, like, only game announcement that I really gave a shit about was that Tekken 8 got announced. Sick. Hell yeah. That's all. <laughs> so I guess you're just you're waiting for a little bit of news before you just gush about Death Stranding for a bit. <laughs> Kinda. Okay. Um, well, the, well, hold on. Uh, one, one, one more thing. Oh, that, I, that I think. What? Go ahead. Okay. So it's just that, like I didn't realize that the Yakuza series had a similar naming convention going on that the Resident Evil series does between markets. And so you know how the last Yakuza game was Yakuza Seven, like a dragon. Yeah. The Yakuza series in Japan has always been like a dragon. And it's just in the West, they called it Yakuza. And so, so now that Yakuza 7 like a dragon did really well, they have now decided that going forward, the Yakuza games, any Yakuza game that is released anywhere will be like a dragon now instead of Yakuza. So it they're dropping the Yakuza name and it's just like a dragon? Yes. Okay, see, that makes sense in Japan, because I feel like they're not trying to, like, promote the Yakuza. <laughs> right, yes. But that shit sells in America, and probably the rest of the West. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't just do Yakuza inter number like a dragon. Eight, like a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be even weird. Use the same subtitle for every game. Yeah. This is how many Yakuza's you've gotten. Like a dragon. <laughs> Gotta say it like Joey Wheeler, though. Like a dragon. Like a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but yeah, they also announced like uh, like an old samurai era, like a dragon game. But like another remake. Oh. I guess there's something there he did. Oh, looks I, cool. I thought you were going to say the, the, like the Chinese Ghost of Shishima game that I think we've talked about already. Yeah. That thing looks dope. Oh, no, we already talked about it, so I'm not going to actually go back into that again. <laughs> and that was shown, like, weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. All right, so was that was that the only other thing you want to talk about? No, we right. have to talk about the fact that Bonnie Ross stepped down from 343. Hell only yeah. because, uh, well, I mean, she stepped down due to an apparent family medical emergency, so, like, I hope everyone in her family is, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, that's, that's not something to cheer um, about. Now, am I happy that someone else is heading 343, though? Maybe. I can't say yes, because, I mean, if you look at it, we've had, they've been in, been in charge of Halo for a decade, and they've put out one complete game. Okay, maybe two if you count Halo Wars 2. <laughs> that's, that's an embarrassment, the current game is dead. They finally put out... I mean, the they put out a recent... Uh, what do you call that thing of future content? Roadmap. 
they put out a roadmap of content basically through what until the start of season three which isn't until like march of next year and the fact that we're gonna get two seasons in what 15 months is a downright embarrassment for it to be a game as a service game um that roadmap was silly i mean at this point, they just need a Final Fantasy fourteen it and just, like, take it down. You can't do that. I don't know if they actually did that in Final Fantasy fourteen when they, like, redid it. But, like, just go back to the drawing board. I mean, yeah, if when Forge comes out, it might put some more life into the game. Because, like, some of the shit that's come out, what you can do in Forge is fucking insane. Um, and I'm going to be really shitty that Forge will come out and the game will kind of get some popularity again because you could probably be able to do some fun shit but when it comes out to other content that we're never gonna get it yeah it's just gonna be drip fed at just an embarrassing pace and yeah, i feel like forge content at this point halo infinite is never going to be in a really good place only because and and i hope i'm wrong about this but the, the thing that annoyed me the most about the presentation in Halo Infinite in particular is, like, emblematic of how they handled the armor core system. And and no matter how many improvements, no matter how much content they add to Halo Infinite, no matter how they change or add to the sandbox, I feel like we're never going to get away from that. And the armor core system is, like, weirdly anti-player, you know? Yeah. So, like, aside from that and the things related to it, I do think the smart money would have been on, like, you know, get get your money for the month of release, everyone plays the story, everyone realize the, realizes the game is bad, and then stop trying to support it all the time, stop releasing content, stop working on the game, like, actively, don't shut it down, leave it up, whatever, but just fucking go dark, and, and don't release anything until Forge is done? And then and then have other shit to release like 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 relaunch the game, but Forge should be the thing you lead with. I mean that's I think what they're kind of trying to do with the start of season three, which is why we have that mid that like winter update that's basically supposed to hold you over until season three starts. Like season three, from what I've taken from what other people have said too, is like that's when they're gonna try to to relaunch it. And I mean, it's kind of ironic because I know no one listening actually cares about Halo, but we're fanboys, so I and we haven't talked about it in a really long time. And this is kind of significant game industry shit too, because you have a you have a uh, a company that has single handedly fucking destroyed one of the most powerful and popular franchises in gaming history. It's like it's it's worth nothing now. Like it has no it it does not have any pull in the market at all. Yeah, between Infinite and the Paramount show. Yeah, which, oh, God. Uh, but I actually saw uh, Hidden Xperia, who's one of my go-to Halo, like, news, Halo lore, not really lore, but Halo, like, world YouTubers, had a very interesting video about how he thinks that part of the reason why the Halo IP is in s- such a shitty spot is actually more on Microsoft than anything. And I he had a really good point about how if you look at some of these, uh, like it's one of the only IP where only one, one company makes games for it, outside of like the people who did Halo Wars, 
But it's like, why don't you just sell the IP off to other game devs like Star Wars? And they can make different, ver- different like, g- Halo games within the universe. The universe is so rich. You can make some really interesting games in it of different genres and that sort that don't have to be centered around Master Chief. Let some other game devs take a crack at making a Halo game. Like a respawn Halo game. Yo, where I was playing, like, just gonna say. Where you're playing like ODSTs. I was just gonna insane. say. You that are game on would be my a, wavelength. Yeah. Like th- that's Respawn's next BR that kills Apex. Is they put out a ODST Battle Royale. Like that shit would be fire. Yeah, that would Maybe, be absolutely insane. Doesn't have to be a BR, but like ODS, the ODST landscape is the best template for a Halo BR, in my opinion. Like, it might be a little anachronistic if they have ODSTs, like, flinging themselves three three stories in the air with grappling hooks and shit, but, but like, I, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I, you just gotta do something to breathe life into it. I think the gaming industry as a whole is better when Halo is good. It's kind of like the sports <laughs> analogy of, like... College basketball, college football are better when X old franchises that now suck are good. As an Indiana basketball fan, that's really relevant. <laughs> but to bring sports into it, but like they got to do something. They can't just allow 343 to be the only game dev making games because they, like I said, Halo 4 is the only complete game they that 343 has made in the Halo for, for the Halo IP. And, that, and that's fucking crazy. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, in most cases, you know, for an IP, generally that makes sense, that you want to have one company at least pushing forward on the main series. But then, but then, yeah, hand it out to people for spinoffs at least, but then when you look at how slowly 343 is making the games, how poorly put together the games are, yeah, maybe you should look at a different strategy if you want this IP to keep making you money. I mean, Call of Duty did it. They have three different studios making a Call of Duty game. Yeah, exactly. And granted, the fans react to each studios differently, which I always think is interesting. Um, but they all have just unique spins, but it's still Call of Duty, you know? I think you could do something. I'm not saying I want a Halo game every year, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. No, no. not at all. I mean, unless it was like completely different genre type games. You know, you could do a fucking horror flood game from... I don't know, whoever makes the Dead Space games, I can't remember what developer that is right at the moment. And, like, that would be fucking crazy. I don't know. I just want Halo to be good again. And maybe maybe Bonnie Ross no longer being the head of 343 is the first step towards that. Maybe it gets worse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how it could get worse. It could go but, either way. Uh, yeah, who knows? If there's, if there's one thing that's always true here at Healthy Obsession, it's that we want to like Halo Infinite. Oh, God, yeah. You just can't even play the game right now. <laughs> you can't. The game's just broken. Hey, you know what I have been super into recently, though? Death Stranding. No. Oh, I was trying to segue you so hard. Yeah, and <laughs> and I shut you down. Um, Nah, I was playing, uh, I was playing Moonbreakers. Oh yes, the other game you've been playing a bunch. I you've told me about this, but I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. <laughs> okay, so Moonbreakers. Do you remember the game HeroScape? Slightly. Okay, so so HeroScape was like my first introduction as a tiny baby to miniatures, because it was it was a whole board game. Oh. It was the kind of game you could pick up and mire, 
but it was it was a uh, it was hex based, and so you had big tiles that you like stacked on top of each other to make mountains and rivers and plains and stuff. And like the whole idea was that it was like warriors pulled from time. You had like Vietnam era American soldiers fighting Valkyries, fighting medieval knights. It was fucking crazy. Um, basically, Moonbreakers is like HeroScape. But then, like, you smash it together with Hearthstone and League of Legends. Interesting. So it's a miniatures game. It's a turn-based miniatures game. You have, uh, your roster is headed by, like, one, one big dude. And when that person dies, you lose. So the object is to kill the other person's main dude. Um, but, like, the, the big draw of the game, and it's from the devs that made Subnautica, which is weird. Oh yeah, we this was the game we saw in the Xbox thing that you were like, "Yo." Yes, because the main like weird feature about the game is that it has a whole miniature painting simulator built into it. Yes, yes. I remember when we talked and about And then you this can now. take those miniatures you painted online. And I was looking through the season pass they have when the game actually launches, and like in the season pass you unlock different palettes and materials of paint and such. Uh, but That's the game crazy. itself, the game itself is really fun. They they've done two preview weekends in a row. Um, I I'm not sure there might be one day left of the current one, um, but it'll actually go into early access at the end of this month. Um, but like it's gonna start with a season pass and shit, which so like the early access thing kind of annoys me. But I'm really digging it, and I think everyone should check it out. I'm not actually sure if it's gonna be free to play, but I'm gonna buy it if it's not. Super. Hell cool. yeah. But also Death Stranding. Take the floor is yours. Um, you know, you know the um, you you watched Evangelion, right? Yep. Whew. Evangelion is the kind of show that I can never confidently say that I actually enjoyed watching. But by the Good time answer. I was done with the e- end of Evangelion movie, I could only say that I was glad to have experienced it. I think that's most people who did not watch it when it came out. And that is exactly how I feel about Death Stranding. Interesting. That seems like a very... That is... Now that you've just said that, I'm like, that is like the most apt comparison I could ever think of. And I haven't (laughs) played that game. Now, what... Something that kind of clicked for me halfway through. I, I had already picked up about halfway through the game that the story wasn't really too much of a driving force, but it was more like a vehicle to push you along to different characters. Because the idea of the game is that you, as Sam Porter Bridges, is trying to reconnect America. Like, the whole thing, the whole idea around strands and the strand-type gameplay is Kojima wanted to do something about our connections to each other. Um, he, He talked about, philosophically before we really knew what the game was supposed to be, you have the the rope and the stick. And those are the earliest tools of man. The rope, or the strand, binds us together. The stick protects us and also pushes us away. So that's like a big metaphor in the game. That's where the strand thing comes from. So I always knew it was supposed to be like, a, oh, it's the friends you made along the way kind of thing. Because also every single chapter in the game is named after the character that you meet and get more in-depth with during that chapter. And it's like, it's classic Kojima fashion where the characters are 
honestly fucking wacky. In, in like the very specific quirk that they have, that they have to interact with this world with, is just fucking weird. <laughs> like, like, alright, I'm gonna, some, some light spoilers for Death Stranding. Um, Guillermo del Toro's character, that he did not voice, but did the, he was the body, the body model for. Um, that character's name is Dead Man. He has a scar like a stitches scar across his forehead. And at one point in the game, he tells you, I am Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> he, okay. is, he is literally a man stitched together from the parts of other people. And they don't really touch on what that means. If there's not like, well, where do the parts come from? Do you have a soul? Are you a real boy? They don't really talk about any of that. They just kind of drop that. Um, another character, his name is Hartman. Um, he has, like, a fucking heart condition that makes his anatomical human heart actually resemble the artistic rendition of a heart, you know, that looks nothing like a human heart. Yeah. And they, and they show this in an x-ray as it's beating, because when the Death Stranding happened, he had a heart attack. And, oh, my God. And he was dead for three minutes before the hospital brought him back. After, like, you know, a power surge because the Death Stranding fucked everything up. And and so now, for the rest of his life, he is fine, totally in control, on his feet, doing shit for exactly 21 minutes. Every 21 minutes, he has a heart attack and dies. So he has, uh, like, a, a defibrillator strapped to his chest so that after exactly three minutes... He is revived, and then he's alive for 21 minutes, and then he dies. And so it's a whole thing that, like, during that three minutes, he's, like, searching on the beach for his dead wife and kids that died during the Death Stranding. Weird, specific shit like that, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of thing that's also very prominent in the Metal Gear Solid series, which was brought to my attention because Kojima started that new podcast, Brain Structure. And in the first episode, he talks about where he got his inspiration for the Metal Gear Solid series, of which he said, uh, when it came to games about war, there was a lot of you versus the bad guy, but without any introspection on who the bad guy is, why are you fighting the war? It was just playing good versus evil, which makes sense because Kojima was making games in the very early days when story was not quite so prominent of a draw for those games. And, and so he made it a, a point when he was designing Metal Gear Solid that even the enemies had to have very intricate and in-depth backstories to make you really understand the conflict that's going on. Um, and that's true throughout the entire Metal Gear series um, when they're talking about, like, um, paramilitary forces, child soldiers, government experiments, shit like that. And, uh, I don't know, to see it translated in Death Stranding, it, it definitely seemed to work better um, but that all really is to say that the actual story of Death Stranding uh, was very backloaded. Like out of 13 chapters, chapters 9 through 13, I think, uh, I had to play in one sitting because that's when all the story happened. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So like it was a lot of gameplay, but then at a certain point it was it was kind of really linear. 
And I mean, you had options. You could stop and do side quests. But at that point, I had done enough. I'd built my fucking zipline network and I'd rebuilt the road. So I just kind of powered through it. Um, and I decided to, and I might be embellishing a little bit. I decided to power through the rest of Death Stranding at probably 8.30 p.m. at night. Would you like to take a guess at when I finished? Um, I feel like I remember because that's when you slammed your desk and I woke up and it was like 2 o'clock. I think one in the morning is when I finished. Yeah, something like that. And there was so many cutscenes. <laughs> and and it gets like the concept of Death Stranding at its base with the time fall and the BTs and the beaches already seems really out there, but like some trademark Kojima shit. But when I tell you it gets absolutely insane during those last hours, um, there was actually an end of Evangelion reference in the last bits of the game because it was kind of fucking apocalyptic. And it was the kind of thing that couldn't really be explored in Metal Gear Solid because it had to be a grounded military espionage focused game. But Mm. this had like so much to do with the human soul and extinction events like on a cosmic level. And it was exactly all the craziness that I expected from Kojima finally unbound from the series of Metal Gear Solid. And and again, I can't say that, like, I liked it. It's a hard fucking game to recommend to anybody. But I, I am so excited to see what he does next. <laughs> I think the credits rolled three times before the game actually ended. Good God. The game ended so many times. That's kind of crazy. My mouth is very dry now. I watched you play just a little bit of it, and it seemed like, oh, this is like the climax. (laughs) That was at like 9 (laughs) p.m. It went on for four or five more hours. Yeah, like the last boss fight in the game i think happened two or three hours before like the emotional climax of the game that's wild if you think you have the stomach for it and if you can push past the first three or four hours of the game i think it is genuinely something worth playing and while i do not agree with kojima that he has invented a new genre necessarily I do think that the ideas he has presented in a gameplay aspect as well as in a story aspect are very much worth exploring. Hmm. Because, I mean, what he means by strand-type gameplay is very cool, and I can't say it's something I've seen another game do, but I also don't think it's substantial enough to call it a different genre. That's fair. Because what it is basically is, you know, as you're playing the game, you are building structures like rebuilding the roads and the zip lines. You can build bridges, generators, mailboxes. All of these structures have a chance to appear in somebody else's world. And everything anybody else makes has a chance to appear in your world. I don't know the rhyme or reason as to what structures they choose. I don't think it's region-based. It's definitely not server-based. But anytime someone's structure appears in your world... It's there permanently, unless you dismantle it. So my gameplay experience, where I know 
oh, somebody built a generator right outside this distribution center. So if I'm driving, I can stop there and I can recharge my motorcycle. If you played the game, there's no guarantee that generator is going to be there unless you build it there. So your landscape is going to be entirely different than mine based on the, the strand type gameplay that he's invented. Hmm. And I think, you know, when I realized that, when I, when I saw what was actually happening and how variable it could be, I was kind of locked in. I got it. And I, th- I think it's very cool. Interesting. I feel like st- stuff like that could happen. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, not to say that that's kind of what Dark Souls does with hints, but I feel like stuff, stuff like that to a similar degree has been done in games, right? I agree. I, I think Dark Souls is definitely shades of it. And I think the main difference is that hints in Dark Souls are not permanent. Phantoms you see in Dark Souls are not permanent. It's always variable. They're always coming in and out. And yeah. so, granted, it does still make your gameplay experience inherently different. So I do think there are shades of it there. But I think here in a more, like, directly story-based game, it's more potent. Mm, that's fair. That I-, I could definitely see that. Especially when the game itself has no multiplayer whatsoever. Really? I, yeah. I don't think I knew that. It seems like you could have had some sort of interaction, so that's interesting. Yeah, it is a purely single-player experience aside from the structures that you can find from other players. Huh. Well, I don't think I will ever play it, but... <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, it, it can be kind of fucking boring. <laughs> but but that's also the point. Uh, I found boring out... and then you die. I found out that uh, once once the credits were rolling, uh, a friend of mine said, okay, so if you ever decide to replay this, you should play the director's cut version. And I oh was like, fuck. there's a fucking director's cut? But apparently, uh, as I found out, the director's cut adds a lot of stuff that does kind of cut down on the slog of the game, such as you can build a cargo cannon. That, Hell yeah. <laughs> that is just a cannon. That you load your cargo into and you can fire it at great distances. Hell yeah. It also like adds like a whole robot companion that you can have walk next to you the entire time. So it makes carrying a lot of cargo easier. Um, But I feel like that kind of thing is like if I was trying to design an experience and I was trying to tell somebody how to play the game. I think those kinds of tools should only be used for people that are playing it a second time because I do think it cheapens some of the work that goes into making the story work, if that makes That's sense. That's fair. No, I get that. It's I mean, it's kind of like a New Game Plus mechanic where it's something like, oh, you already know what's going on. You can skip some of the monotonous shit but that you needed to go through, but if you had to do it again, you'd rip your hair out. Yes. So if the, if the director's cut... Oh, yeah. If the director's cut ever came to Game Pass, I might play it again just to see the story, and I would and I would use the cargo cannon for everything. <laughs> that's fair. But that's enough about Death Stranding. Sick, dude. Um, Persona 5 Royal, when does that come out? A month. Less than a month. I think it's early October. Did you finish Persona 5? I did. Okay. Do you know how many hours you put into it? 300 okay. on the dot that's why I, when i say i'm like it's like 300 hours and there's no way getting around it because i kind of like i did some of the side stuff but that you know 
I was like trying to beat the game and it took me 300 hours to beat it. <laughs> I think when I played Persona, there was a fucking time dilation thing that happened because I I could have sworn when I played it the first time just getting through the first temple took like or uh, palace took like 30 hours. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Okay, but then when I fired it up, I, I, I think I was at like 160 hours, and I felt like so much farther, and I felt like I must have been fucked up on how long it actually took. No, it just takes for fucking ever, because you're like, oh, I'm going to come home, play for a couple hours, and you're like, I went through one level of mementos. Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> I didn't progress at all. Yeah. I went through like three days <laughs> in-game, and you're like, God, <laughs> why? I- I did not p- finish Persona 5 and I and I don't know if I will ever finish any Persona game. Oh, I'm I'm hooked. I'm going to play the fuck out of Royale. Hell yeah. I'm that I'm that dumbass who's like I hate games that take forever and then I sit down and just play it and get 100 hours in and go I love it and then I'll just replay it instead of playing new games I've never played that I still want to because I'm like nostalgia. I'm comfortable with this. I know what it's like. You have to literally, like, pull out my fingernails to get me to play new games that I will enjoy. And then once I get three to four hours in, I'm like, I'm hooked. Okay, I'm in. But getting me to that point is way too difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that. I, I've I, I've kind of trended away in recent years from AAA games only because I, I don't necessarily ever have the energy to get into a game that's even even a third as long as Persona. And so I just, I, I play a bunch of single player indie games that I that I knock out in 20 hours and then I move on to the next one. Which is why once I got done putting almost 80 hours into Death Stranding, I, I started playing Cult of the Lamb. See, that's like me. Like, I, I really want to finally sit down and just play Disco Elysium. But then I'm like, but you know what I could do? I could just play Pokemon Coliseum. <laughs> Why am I like this? And maybe Metal Gear Solid. Yes. That'll be one where it'll be hard as hell for me to like get into it and then I'm going to get into it and that's all I'm going to think about. I hope so. Metal Gear Solid's a good game. But... <sighs> I think uh do we end it? Is that it? I think I think we're good, dude. Yeah, I gotta I mean we both gotta get dinner. Yeah, I have to make dinner. Fuck. <laughs> um I I I realized when I got out of the shower earlier that I, I did not have any clean underwear. So I need uh, to I need to I need to find a pair of pants that's not gonna be obvious that I'm not wearing underwear when I go pick up Chinese food. So there's some things you just don't have to say <laughs> while we're still recording. <laughs> Yeah, and that's not one of those things. But uh, everyone should be on the lookout. We're once again getting close to the end of a season, so my summer anime recap will probably drop next time we're supposed to record, so will we get a double feature? Who knows? Actually, yo, wait. On that note, fucking uh, the new Chainsaw Man trailer that came out today. Yo, it looks like a fucking movie. Hell yeah. The quality looks so good. Hell yeah. Having... Go ahead. You you go ahead. I said, granted, they took probably some of the best animated scenes to put into the trailer, and they might have animated scenes just for the trailer, but goddamn, it looked good. 
Yeah, it w it's interesting having read the manga, being able to pick out certain scenes and see at least how far they're going to go. And, and I am trying to pick out, like, is that a mundane scene? Do they have budget for everything? Does it all look fucking dope? And, and it is hard to tell. Yeah. But, uh, right. I mean, even even if the rest of it is kind of bland, that's still going to be par for the course anime. And then as long as the action scenes look as good as they do in the trailer, holy fucking shit, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if, if people are ready for how good it could be. Which is weird to say because I feel like there's a lot of hype, but I'm like, it's it, it could meet the hype. Yeah, it could <laughs> it could be okay. I don't think it will be, just because the story itself is good enough that as long as the animation isn't dog shit, it's gonna be super popular. But like, it could blow the fuck up. One of my favorite memes back from when Trigger was just starting out and they had released Kill a Kill, it it was kind of like. The anime landscape was kind of bland. There wasn't a whole lot happening. And so there was a big meme when Kill la Kill came out that Trigger had saved anime. And and I feel like if the anime landscape was not already certifiably banging at the moment, Chainsaw Man would be saving anime. Yeah, there's it doesn't need saving right now. So <laughs> it needed saving going into 2021. And then 2021 happened. And we're like, okay, anime saved. We're fine. <laughs> so much good shit came out. That the, I'm, I was telling you this earlier. The, I I just need there to stop being like eight just solid fucking shows every season. Because the, the lineup for next season is fucking insane. Let me just give you... A couple of returning series that we're getting. We're getting another season of My Hero, which is probably gonna suck. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Bleach is back. Uh, to Your Eternity season two. I don't know really how really know how Uzaki Chan's getting another season. That's weird. Um, Ira Makun gets its third season. Fuck yeah. Golden Kamui gets another season. There's like four other ones. I swear to God. Oh fuck, we're getting Pop Team Epic season two. I didn't even what? know that was a Whoa, thing. Whoa, that's news to me. I thought that show was dead. So like, there's so. I fucking so... love Pop Team Epic. It's I'm not ready for October because I don't think anything starts before October. And fuck, like I just named sequel shows. Like there's gonna be a bunch. There's guaranteed to be a couple like new new shows that are also equally good i oh god i have to quit anime but it just won't quit me <laughs> no what you gotta do is quit any other form of media i kind of do though oh <laughs> uh, okay well we said we'd quit and we went on for like five more minutes so gotta talk about anime oh yeah remember when we were gonna try and be an anime podcast yeah vaguely and then you would never watch it, and so then this is what we have. Yeah, this uh, this amalgam hybrid. All right, it's well, still fun though. Good yeah. times. Follow us on Twitter at obsession underscore pod, and uh, you know, maybe maybe get off your fucking ass and tell a friend to listen to us. Also, fucking ingrate. Gotta bump up those numbers, baby. Uh, catch us in uh, rate 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 us rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then uh, we'll catch you back in two weeks with another episode and maybe maybe an anime recap, huh? Oh, also, three shows I forgot to mention. Chainsaw Man, Mob Psycho 100 Season 3, and Spy Family Part 2. I wasn't scrolled <laughs> up enough. But yeah, but. there you go. Now, now we can end. Bangers. <laughs> bangers on bangers. All right. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, goodbye.